listen, folks. I support these anti-government protests, which have been raging for over five weeks now. As much as anyone not living in Iran can. I'll explain why in a moment. But I even feel partly responsible for the women and girls who have been leading them. As you know, they've been risking life and limb to rid Iran of the religious codes that are so dystopian. The women of Iran must feel like the unwomen of Gilead in The Handmaid's Tale. But here's the thing. I remember all too well the brave women and girls who led similar protests in 2009. The spark back then was the re-election of hardline president Mahmoud Ahmadinejad because a critical mass of Iranians were convinced the regime used mass ballot fraud to ensure it. And security forces only added fuel when they killed Neda Sultan in their ham-fisted attempt to crack down on those anti-government protests. But that is why I am so concerned. Because President Obama made quite a show back then of condemning the crackdown and leading the whole world in mourning Nader's death. He dismissed with righteous indignation the Ayatollah's accusation that the United States was inciting and orchestrating the protesters. He even assured the protesters that the United States was standing with them and that they were on the right side of history. But Obama did not lift a finger to help them. Now here we are, 13 years later, and as Yogi Berra might say, it's deja vu all over again. Of course, the spark this time was the morality police killing Masha Amini, simply because they did not think she was wearing her hijab properly. And, as it was after it martyred Nada, the regime has already martyred too many protesters to count, let alone name. And here is the truly ominous thing, folks. President Biden is not even making a show of condemning the crackdown this time. Never mind leading the world in mourning Masha's death. Granted... Biden is probably too preoccupied, trying to help Ukraine fend off Russia's genocidal onslaught and preventing that conflict from escalating into World War III. Of course, you've probably seen his national security advisers on TV assuring the Iranian people that the United States is doing everything possible behind the scenes to help them. 
The problem is that, after abandoning the Iranian people in 2009, Obama's national security advisers assured the Syrian people in similar fashion during their Arab Spring protests. Yet, the United States left them to the genocidal devices of Syrian dictator Bashar al-Assad, who Obama himself famously declared in 2013, must go. <laughs> well, Obama went three years later, but Assad is still there. And, <laughs> truth be told, these dictators seem to know what works. No doubt that is why the ruling mullahs of Iran are deploying the same playbook of denial and repression they deployed last time. Most notably, this features the same Ayatollah, not only blaming the United States for the protests, but also mocking the protesters by gloating that his Islamic Republic is like a mighty tree that cannot be uprooted. <laughs> and, oh, well, there is no denying its longevity and resilience reflect truth in the Ayatollah's gloat. Even so, I hope these protests emulate the color revolutions that led to democratic governments in places like Ukraine and the former Czechoslovakia. But even then, I'd be wary that they don't ape the Arab Spring protests that led to democratic governments in places like Egypt and Tunisia only for a season before harvesting even more authoritarian regimes. Still, despite the diabolical odds, I believe the protesters can prevail this time. And it might help if the women and girls taking to the streets could mount a covert campaign to lure every female relative of every member of the security forces to join them on the front lines. But the mullahs must know they have their hands full now that one of those women has gone viral for dramatically removing her hijab while saying this to the camera. For our youth, after 80 years, because of a religion that is killing people, I am taking my hijab off and I curse the cowards. I hope you hear me. I am calling you out. And you are a coward if you are not coming out to join us in the streets.
end quote. But this brings me to why I feel partly responsible for their fate. It's because I proposed executing this adapted Lysistrutter strategy in the blog post, The Women of Russia Can Stop the War in Ukraine, way back on March 3. The glaring difference, of course, is that, while the women of Russia risk being thrown in jail, the women of Iran risk being killed, not just by security forces, but by any male relative, for bringing dishonour upon the family, even if they wear their hijabs while protesting. Reports are that, as of this recording on October 21, over 250 protesters have already been killed. They do not say how many were women, but 32 were children. But the growing death toll shows why the women leading these protests are so brave. By the same token, though, it shows why even the mullers are suffering pangs of conscience, as they face the prospect of having to kill hundreds, if not thousands, of women and children to hold on to power. Not least because, unlike 2009, when they could execute their deadly crackdown under the cover of virtual blackout, the proliferation and ubiquity of social media make it impossible for them to do so today. In any event, I stand in solidarity with the Iranian protesters and shall keep them in my prayers. Right after mentioning the Rohingyas facing religious cleansing, the Uyghurs facing cultural genocide, the Africans facing manufactured starvation, the Haitians facing chronic pestilence, the Latinos facing migration purgatory, the Europeans facing the spectre of World War III, the Americans facing the spectre of Civil War II, God help us all. That's it. Subscribe for free wherever you listen to your podcasts. And for thought-provoking commentaries often laced with humor, I invite you to visit my blog at www.ipjn.com. Thank you for listening, and until the next Talking Opinions, goodbye.